Am I allowed to go get a drink and a snack real quick? Ugh, Jesus. It's a question. It's we a already question. started. I, I, listen, go, get snack. Snack. go get your goddamn snack. Uh, I just, go get I'm your hungry. snack. Go get I'm your hungry. snack. I'm hungry. I'm Dustin Hungy. I, oh, damn it. You beat me to it. <laughs> I did. I did. <laughs> Oh, damn it. <laughs> so does anybody else notice that like when Jim Ross gets to say Johnny Hungy, he sounds like the most happiest man? <laughs> he sounds as happy as he used to be in the Attitude Era saying sexual chocolate, whatever Mark yes. Henry was on. Yes. <laughs> he was so I, into that. I'm trying to think. Yeah, Johnny Hunky is a big one. I'm trying to think of other things that Jim Ross says that you can clearly tell he enjoys saying. Oh, I can't think off the top of my head. It's killing me. But every time it happens, I'm like, oh, Jim Ross is happy right now. That's nice. That's <laughs> just nice. Happy. Yeah. I've enjoyed it. Uh, these uh, recent episodes that have had um, CM Punk commentating. Yeah. Yes. For one, it seems like it, it puts JR in a spot where he, he can just throw in a couple of words, remind us he's all there, punctuate something in a way that he, you know, genuinely is very, very talented at it but not have to listen to him accidentally get names wrong or <laughs> the backtrack right. or say WWE or whatever, you know, all the different things that he's right. fallen into. Uh, I've enjoyed that. And um, I think just a few weeks ago, we were fairly critical of <laughs> the, uh, the commentary teams, probably still too big for a lot of people's taste, you know, of four uh, man booth essentially on the reg is, is quite a bit, mm-hmm. but I've been enjoying it. It is funny that we've been conditioned to like two man booth is is best overall, and they're like, oh yeah, well we're gonna add so many people to this booth. Yeah, it's becoming a faction unto itself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. At some point, the the commentary booth is just gonna put the headsets down and beat the shit out of the elite. It's a commentary <laughs> club for 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 life. Actually, if anyone's gonna end up with that, it's gonna be MJF. All of them because they all hate him because you're supposed to and. Man, Shivani really lays it on thick, too. He does. When, I love it. I mean, it, like, once again, he's having fun. It's just nice that everyone everyone's having fun. It's nice. Amy said she had to uh, she had to. I don't think she she blocked him, but she had to mute MJF. Yeah, because, she told me that. Yeah, she can't deal with him. Like he said some nasty shit in a promo last Wednesday and she heard it. And she's like, I know you guys find it entertaining because he's playing into the character super hard. But that was. <clears throat> That was across the line. I was like, well, that's what being a heel is all about, I guess. Crossing the I, line. I mean, that and like, it, yeah, it, it's a tough era to for, for him to do what he does. Yeah. Like, you know, like when I when I look at him now, it's like I, I think back to all of those million dollar man vignettes and, oh, yeah. and all, all the all the different segments he had, like, you know, like the whole dribbling a ball all like the kid he, like i'll give you a 100 bucks you can dribble this ball 10 times then he would just knock the ball the kid's ham on like bounce nine like just a jerk oh i'm kind of loving the fact that they've got a few people max caster is another one where they are legitimately so blessed at the moment that they are the first ones in all of entertainment outside of stand-up comics who unfortunately largely have resulted to the oh we can't see anything anymore. you know like that real lame whiny shit where we've got a couple of heels who are able to push the line 
right to the edge, right? Like platinum max a couple of times. I think like when, when it seemed as though he was actually suspended, I don't know that he was, I think it was, uh, it was kayfabe. Um, but regardless whether it was or not, he was off the television after that instance. And even if it was storyline, um, I think the point was made and, you know, if they continue to do it, then some of the shine is going to come off of them. Right. Right they have to hit they have to stick that line perfectly it's almost as though they have to be have such a pulse on twitter that they have to make sure to always have 51 percent in their favor yes mm-hmm. yeah because you know at, at any at any moment you run the risk of one of these heels doing something so dastardly that like well how do you how dare you continue to give this guy a platform and then they right. have to and then you, figure it out break like could you imagine if mjf had to break kayfabe and go up there and explain wrestling and make a sincere apology (laughs) (laughs) oh how embarrassed so many people will be well that's the show folks all right thanks for coming this was this was fun i am so into both daniel bryan and adam cole baby and the infusion that they have had on dynamite um on aw on the landscape uh Justin, let's start with you. You're back. You're uh, you're all snacked up. Your blood sugar hopefully yes. is back to where it needs to be. Yes. Those those two in particular, or if just AEW. Which, which what are you feeling right now after sort of the that the adrenaline of those big signings is sort of we're seeing what they're actually doing in the ring. I think it, it's refreshing because these names. Sure, the adrenaline is gone. Of oh my god, these guys are here. But these names are so good and the roster so good that the shows are just quality without doing anything crazy, right? Like we're just telling a damn good story because that's what these guys do, you know, from Adam Cole and the elite to Brian Danielson and put it on great matches. Uh, and that, you know, it, that's kind of the point that AEW needed to get to because we've said it and I've said it, they relied on the shock factor a lot throughout their, their run to the top here, which is great. It's fun. It's awesome but you're not always going to have that. And they haven't had that for a minute, uh, at least since the, you know, the big uh, last pay-per-view with those two, but with those two now on your roster consistently, CM Punk on your roster consistently. And the thing is, is they're getting these big names and they're using them every week, right? That's something that WWE has always struggled with when they make a big name return, especially when the guys get a little older, but they still have the big name. They debut them and then we don't see them for two weeks and then they come out for a promo and then we don't see them for three weeks and then they have a pay-per-view match where CM Punk, Brian Danielson, Adam Cole, these guys are on every week almost, two times a week. They're on Dynamite and Rampage consistently telling a story and I think that plays a big role in the AEW just being consistently good at that point. Chuck, I'm going to toss it to you before we throw it to our guiding light, our North Star, our uh, balance uh, skills of justice, uh, award-winning Erica Bannis. Um, Justin Valentine, do you know how people can find her? You can just Google her. All you got literally just Google her. She's that good. And she's there. Erica Bannis. Award-winning Erica Bannis, everybody. She's never wrong. Chuck, what do you think about how they've, um, you know, when uh, um, uh, um, the former tag, we're going to do this again, Chuck, the former former tag team partner of Edge. FTR? The former tag team partner of Edge. uh, Christian. Christian. Yeah, so Christian Cage came in. There's some complaints that he was pulled to the mid-card. I'm not trying to throw you under the bus, Justin. I see you uh, rubbing your forehead in your 21 Pilot shirts. Those gentlemen look very tough. 
um the uh my guy it was it, it, it sort of seemed like oh he's gonna get lost in the shuffle but now he's leading sort of this youth faction against them is this the perfect way to set that ship right I think if you thought Christian Cage was going to come into AEW and be a main event player for a long time, you have not watched the career of Christian Cage. And I think if he had an ax to grind about the fact that maybe he was never given the ball to run with, then maybe he would probably have a, a higher position on the card. But I don't think that's who he is as a person. I think he understands that he is what they uh, what I've heard referred to before as a mechanic as far as wrestlers go, he's a guy that is there to get young people ready to move up the card by going into a feud with them or to basically to teach others how to do what you do in the ring to the best of their ability. Um, but he also has the capability to do exactly what he's doing right now, and that is to elevate impact uh, by wearing their title while he's an AEW talent. And also going over to a to impact on a you know semi semi basis semi weekly basis to make sure that if you like what you see on Wednesdays maybe tune into this show that's a little harder to find on Thursdays and you'll find something you enjoy as well. Erica, so I, I saw your reaction when I first ad addressed the question, but Daniel Bryan, Adam Cole, baby, in main events with Kenny Omega. Um, I can uh, I, I can't remember which one Daniel faced on Friday because all uh, white Jesus freaks look the same to me. But one of those two Jacksons. Um, it was Nick. It was Nick. Nick, Nick it Jackson. Was Nick. That was a great fucking wrestling match. And it's one of those perfect ways that you can once. I, I do love I, I the more I watch, I'm starting to lean towards Justin when it comes to these young buck matches that aren't in steel cages. I'm, I'm getting it more and more. However, I do love when we have a match like this where you remember like, oh, they can do whatever they want. They, they put on their specific kind of matches because they're sort of the only ones in the world who can do it. And so yeah. that's pretty awesome for the people who love it. But they can also do just like a classic wrestling match. I love that match with, uh, with Daniel, uh, Brian Danielson and Nick Jackson. Well, it, it also served as a reminder that, you know, we don't get the Young Bucks as singles competitors often. And obviously they're they're very much a tag team first, but like by, you know, on their own, whether it is Matt, whether it is Nick, doesn't matter. You know, like they, they can go and they can go with anybody. Mm -hmm. um, like you mentioned, Shawnee, you know, they, they tend to stick to their own brand of wrestling, good, bad, or whatever you know however you may feel about it but like that was a great match that like you, you can't tell me that wasn't a great match you know it, or you how are you not entertained <laughs> you know uh you know i, I gotta be are you honest suggesting with you? they should sign seamus yes that is exactly what this was long story first of all that wasn't <laughs> seamus's uh go to yeah, like, like i know seamus's thing he used I, to say it when he came back and he had the the beads in his beard and the mohawk he would say that yeah well because people would boo him because he looks stupid <laughs> and, i'll never uh, forget when he came back and looked as dumb as he looked i will be the only person in history including seamus because i remember asking him about it. i'll be the only person in history who thought his, the beads in his beard thought looked awesome i, I it had to have Not been surprised uncomfortable yeah, no, he, even he when i asked him about it he's like 
is a son of a bitch to to put together every night before I went out there. I'm really glad I don't have to do it anymore. That was right. the worst Irish accent I've ever heard. That would be You're welcome. Impression. Oh, so like, you know, just a little work. Yeah, the maintenance had to have sucked, but like the Mohawk was cool. You know, that was, but I digress. Um, I am a little off as, a, as far as wrestling goes. I'm still, I feel like getting my legs like back into the real life now. So, yeah. yeah, after coming back from my work trip and I've been catching up on G1 stuff. Actually, G1 is happening in the background, well, foreground right now for me because it's quite literally in front of me. Uh, so Eric's catching up on that. There's been some, even though uh, Naito got hurt and had to uh, leave the tournament, which sucks because it's Man, Naito, um, like still some great wrestling. Like I thought Okada versus Sonata, like they faced off, like they faced off like the, maybe like a couple of times a year at best. But every time that happens, it's just, it's just a great wrestling match just a just a hard-hitting wrestling match uh goto has like goto's I, I feel like you know shawnee you know correct me if i'm wrong like i feel like he never gets the credit he deserves he's just he's always been like just a solid guy yeah like he's, he's yeah and and just um what a head of hair he has oh my goodness like it's <laughs> it's like it's beautiful i'm like good for you that's nice um but there's just been solid wrestling going on in the g1 um I, when we talk about WWE, I'm going to be very quiet. This is why I'm getting all my stuff in now um, because I haven't been watching because I haven't had the time and I'm terrible, but I, the good thing is, and let me, let me say this and I'm going to uh, boost up JV, our, our, our beloved, our baby boy uh, who we love so much. Um, while you are a WWE guy, you will not like if they, if they F up, you will be like, they effed up like you are you have ethics i believe they call that ethics in my field and like you'll call out bullshit when you see it so mazel tov i don't know what else we'll talk about with wwe but i can't wait to hear what justin has to say because i trust him <laughs> i do i said i'm not laughing at you trusting well. i'm laughing at like you, you I, being I like i'm, I'm gonna get all my info from him which is what hopefully people who listen to the podcast also do yeah, yeah. i hope so we're all agreeing to do that at this point. Um, well, is that, my, is that my cue to talk? Do we got to talk about Dodo, you know? Uh, let, me, let me, let me give me a moment here. to. Yeah, everyone to, breathe. Yeah, no, I think it's, it's important that we get to it. Um, I, mean, I got a question draft. before we get into it. Oh, do yes. We, yes. Not, do we not do any intros anymore on this show or do we just like <laughs> go not, out the gate running? No, everybody who listens now knows who we are. And if they yeah. don't, they, I've got two words for them. Yeah, that's fair. You know, Google I thought the me? same thing because I went, I went and got my Google snack. It. I came back and I'm like, <laughs> I'm, I, I came back with my snack. I'm like, wait, are we on the show? Oh, sh okay. Sh <laughs> myself ready here. Um, uh, yeah. So I guess first off, I have to, I have to do this. I'm not going to, I'm not going to crack wise. The way they resolved that pay-per-view is exactly the way I thought they were going to resolve the, that pay-per-view. They just said, oh, it must have been an act of God. <laughs> then Finn Balor didn't show up that was awful yeah how was the draft I have no opinion of the draft how was it I saw you had posted before is the Survivor Series poster ruining the draft any yeah. clarity on that did it uh, no it did not completely but they did you know and, and, I mean it ended up me 
I mean, we'll see what happens the night two of the draft first off, because, you know, WWE will throw some bullshit swerves and when it comes to drafting, Oh, this person got drafted back to the show. They got drafted from, um, but I thought the survivor series poster could have been, uh, cause they were, uh, uh, promoting the selling of the tickets at the Barclays Center and of course Survivor Series Raw versus SmackDown so they have half the poster red and half the poster blue and they had some SmackDown super like, uh, they did have Bianca Belair in the red and you know so there was a couple little moments where these certain superstars were in the red and the blue I'm like are they giving away who's getting drafted where like come on um, as for the draft it was I mean night one was fine I don't, I don't have any major complaints per se. Edge is over on Raw. I like to see that Edge is still a part of that. Um, and then one that stands out for me is from NXT. So, Chuck, I'm sure you'll be in on this too. Hit Row is going to be something special. Those guys are talented as fuck when it comes to the mic, when it comes to the ring. That's going to be a really good group to follow. Uh, and they can, they can, they're, they're good because they can play the heel or the face, right? You love them because they're so damn talented and great on the mic, but they can be assholes. And so they're not just going to be here playing the baby face or the badass heel. They're going to be who they are and you either love them or you, you, you hate them, but they're going to be good either way. So I love, and they put them on SmackDown. So they put them on Fox. I'm happy with that. The one thing I like also about this year's draft is the rosters, the new rosters do not go into effect until after crown jewel in a few weeks. So they're letting, they're letting you know who's going where, but they're still playing out Charlotte's, you know, Charlotte got drafted to SmackDown. She's still going to be on raw for the next few weeks and so on. I like that because uh, a lot of times with the draft, they would use the draft and they would ruin a lot of storylines, right? Last week, Drew McIntyre came out on big E Drew McIntyre then got drafted over to SmackDown. So now Normally, you would think, oh, oh, fuck Drew versus Big E. There goes that. Instead, now it could be, could Drew win the title and take it to SmackDown? Does that mean Roman's going to lose the title to Brock? And now Drew's going to be SmackDown's champion. So on and so forth. And shout out to Brock Lesnar for showing some personality. (gasps) If you didn't see his backstage segment, I was kind of into it. Like, he showed some personality. I, I like it. I like that uh, for, for his story with Roman. So no, I, I don't hate anything too much about the draft. It wasn't anything amazing, uh, but I thought so far so good. I have a question for Justin about oh. the draft. Sure. How do you feel about draft picks happening the next day on talking smack? Uh, they, it needs to happen. It needs to, yeah. because there's, there's I lot. know what a big advocate you are of. If it doesn't happen on TV, it doesn't happen. No, so. but, but that, that doesn't apply for that thought that I have. And I know I've said that in the past, Sure, a lot of okay. that has to do with the storytelling. And I think I said that when it comes to the YouTube shows over on AEW, um, that's a different story for me. Uh, this, it needs to happen because all the, you know, the deep end of the roster needs to get drafted. Uh, those, right, like they, the, the Akira Tozawa's and the and the Drew Gulak's. You know, we can't use up three hours of raw to tell you which show they're going to be on. We gotta <laughs> we gotta wait until after when our truth is dicking around with Caleb Braxton Listen. to let you know where you Don't can you find feel them like for the that's next. Probably a result of them just not having a plan, and that's I guess what continues to be frustrating. I do appreciate everything that you're saying, Justin, and none of that sounds bad to me at all. Is uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott's part of that faction, yeah. right? 
he's he's awesome i got to see him as a heel come through you know, bingo hall several times you know like so i got to see him really up close and personal and he's phenomenal um but like this should be a huge event they should spend weeks explaining how the thing's going to work they should make it you know like the nfl draft if you're an nfl fan you know what college every player has gone to that's going to get drafted in at least the first two or three rounds um you know we know all the people and it's like we don't even get told who's actually eligible for the draft so there's no drama (laughs) like you know like what's the suspense oh is it going to be this guy you know like these are the guys i want to go here and here we don't even know who's in the pool (laughs) yeah a lot of that a lot of that got taken away now don't give me first off before i say this next part i do think the rosters the brand split needs to go away I really do. But when it comes to the draft specifically, that all went away when general managers went away, right? Because that's who that's who hyped it up. When Eric Bischoff was running Raw and Stephanie McMahon was running SmackDown, you had those two cutting promos on each other saying, I want The Undertaker and I want The Rock and I'm going to have this guy to make my show better and I'm going to have this guy to make my show better. That's what hyped up who was going to get drafted where and who was eligible. Now it's just... Adam Pierce and Sonia Deville making the picks for everybody. Which we got to say that uh, Sonia Deville, once again, looking just absolutely stunning in a suit. Oh, first off, every week, every single every week, week, it never fails. Uh, she did struggle with some names. So I hope she gets that going uh, for eh, night two of the draft. We're all a little out of the loop these days. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, she's even out. She missed a couple of the pronunciations. She missed most of NXT because she was watching AEW. Totally understood. Hey, but, even yeah. certain members of this show have troubles with names. So, you know, we can't hold that against her. That's fair. But no, she does. She looks great. But I think that's who took, you know, a lot of the, the headlines of who's getting drafted where was the GMs. And those don't exist anymore. So now everyone's drafting for everybody. Yeah. Does anybody in this room remember uh, when they did one of these drafts and it was Eric Bischoff and Paul Heyman? And they were both on stage together and they, they got in each other's faces and they started drafting like fast and furious. And then Eric Bischoff drafted Paul Heyman to raw. So Paul Heyman quit. (laughs) I don't, but that's fantastic. It was the kind of thing that should be happening. Not that was in Detroit. Wasn't that maybe, maybe I'm not entirely. There was a draft in Detroit. Paul Heyman was the GM. I can't remember who was the raw GM though. At that time, but I know because that's when Edge first made his comeback, and that was like in 2004, maybe. And I know that was in Detroit because I was there, my eight year old ass in 2000. Yeah, it's probably uh late 2000s, maybe early 2010s. Oh, really? I'd have to look it up. Maybe I'll do yeah. that. Justin was still somehow eight though in the late 2010s, so it's just saying I think that was somehow. earlier, first off. I think that was early because I don't think Eric Bischoff was on WWE TV that late into the 2000s. I think he was out by like 2005, 2006. I agree with what Shawnee has to say where like there's parts of it that's like, we don't have a plan. We got here tonight and then figured out what we were going to do. But it does feel like out of all the times that they've done a draft, it does feel like a little more structured, at least in the fact that like, you got your first four picks in the first round and they're very obvious. Like, well, I'm taking the, this heavyweight champ. All right. Well, I'll take the universal champ. Cool. I'll right. take the women's champ, you know? So like it felt even for someone like me, who's not a big into sports, it felt like kind of a, like, okay, we're getting all the big players off the board immediately. hundred percent. And that was nice. 
Well, yeah, and that's true because when you go into the NFL draft, we know who the top five picks are going to be. Every yeah. now and then we might get a, a minor swerve. And, and by swerve, I mean the top pick maybe drops to number two. Maybe yeah, well, we did get a minor swerve swear. along with the rest of Hit Row. That's right. Hey, oh, uh, huzzah. Do it, uh. <laughs> One thing I will say as well to quickly move on from that joke was the, uh, the, Thank you. the timing of the draft. If Survivor Series is going to be SmackDown versus Raw, we need to do the draft earlier in the year so it can feel like they actually have some pride in the show, right? By the time they get to, like, especially with the new rosters not being a thing for a few weeks, by the time they get to the new rosters, Survivor Series is going to be two weeks after that, maybe three. Wow. And they're supposed to be, oh, I'm, I'm Team Blue, I'm Team Red. You just got drafted there. You were just on Team Red three weeks ago. So it doesn't feel as as fun of the matchups too because another thing with survivor series was when you have these champion versus champion matches they're they are matches that you haven't been able to see in a while because this champion's been on raw and this champion has been on smackdown but when when they were just on the same show three months ago and now they're facing at survivor series it takes that little spark away as well they just freshly printed their raw shirt and like now you're like all about raw it's like it is fresh from the printer it still has that weird t-shirt print smell we all know what that like it's you it's it smells like burning but it's not quite burning and you think (laughs) like it's also could give you cancer like it's it's there's it's a lot it's a lot yeah Yeah. Um, it does open up the idea though that like you know if somebody wanted to be super heel on whatever show they want well then they'll just sabotage their team at survivor series so they lose yeah that's very true but i do again, like I the think fact we... that the, the changes won't occur until down the line sure because it adds an air of mystery um i, I i'm not confident enough in the writing to follow right. up on it though so they're still not going right. to hook me unfortunately yeah like if this it is was another if... situation where if triple h was in charge of things I would be like, oh, hell yes, this is going to be great because the swerves right. are going to come at the very end and they're going to be the swerves that either the ones I want uh, the most or the ones that I didn't even know I wanted, but this motherfucker sure. hooked me. They know that's like where the real genius is, right? Is right. Where they get you with one of those. And mm-hmm. I feel zero confidence that that's going to happen because I don't think Vince McMahon has a pulse on this thing anymore. Again, yeah. I think it's all about a stadium is a chip now instead of the fan is a chip it just right. it doesn't he does not care about these stories it's all interchangeable uh, you know you have a big board and if one person you can pull them out and plug in whoever and it'll work and i think that's gross i do like the idea that you know we've got like two weeks of once the draft is over we've got two weeks of shows where they still need to settle in with stuff like i think they'd be really it would be really dumb to just draft Becky to raw tonight. Uh, like keep both the women's championships on SmackDown and then make the next two weeks. Every match with a women's champion is uh, like, Oh, I got to see this. Cause this might be the one where they actually, cause they have to put a women's belt on raw. They have to. So it's just a matter of who gets to be the big hero that pulls a title off of one of the, the one of the two girls that are going to be on SmackDown now and brings it home is it gonna is this where bianca belair gets her flowers for losing to becky lynch in eight seconds at SummerSlam? right or is it somebody else is it rhea ripley is it you know somebody else that's on raw nikki ash there you go probably won't be nikki ash i hope not i think too whoa uh, whoa 
Sorry, sorry. Uh, I think too with with the women's titles though, because a I friendly conversation about professional friendly, wrestling. Friendly, friendly. <laughs> I got remote show. Hey, everybody. Hey, by the way, there's, there's <laughs> our the music. <laughs> <laughs> We're only about thirty minutes in. We finally got to our intro. Oh, right. <laughs> found the, we found the intro. The longest right. intro. That's the longest uh, cold open ever. I'm like that is that is a Triple H promo and like a third. So way to go. (laughs) All right, team. Yes. I, I will say I hope this is the last WWE draft. I hope maybe, you know, we play out these new rosters till WrestleMania. And then after WrestleMania, we just make it all one show. Um, I think it's time for that. You know, I, it's fine to do for now because they kind of have to, because they've already built survivor series to be raw versus SmackDown. Um, but I think after that, we move on from that. And I do want to address the comment Shawnee made. And of course he came at me on Twitter as well, because yes, we did not get any payoff yet when it comes to what happened with Finn at extreme rules. Um, as I, you know, I didn't say, I hope I didn't say I thought we would, I'm saying we should, cause I did still appreciate the hook at, at extreme rules. I did also say last week that yes, they have to pay it off. They have to do something with it to follow through with it, whether or not they do, that's a whole different opinion of mine. The hook was still good at extreme rules because they could do a lot with it. Whether or not they do a lot with it is a different part of the story. Now, the, the, the payoff isn't going to come with Roman Reigns. He's not going to be the one to sell what the hell happened. He's moving on. He's got to face Brock. So that's obviously where his focus is and where it needs to be. The payoff is whenever Finn ends up on TV. So I'm not 1,000% giving up on that thought yet until Finn shows up again. If Finn shows up tonight and gets drafted to Raw, they could still pay it off or start to pay it off with him just over on Raw. So the fact that Finn wasn't drafted anywhere and wasn't even on SmackDown, yeah, it's kind of dumb because he was just in the Universal title match, but that doesn't mean that completely it's not going to be paid off. I find it hard to believe that something like that happens to Finn and his ass is just going to show up wherever he gets drafted and move on. It shouldn't be that way. I'm not going to put anything past WWE writing at this point, but that's going to be hard to move on from because the ring just collapsed underneath you. How are you not wondering who made that happen? You know what I mean? <laughs> like how, how are you not searching for the person that did that to you? And figuring out how it happened. So that doesn't make much sense. It still could happen if he gets drafted. As long as the storyline hits the ground running with sort of the new season or the new world. That, that I think that's a compelling argument and, and makes all the sense, really. Sure. Um, you know, they, they still do have that opportunity to do so. Well, and you, you got to think, too, they might, and it sounds like they are, they're using the draft to try to make Raw better, right? They threw Edge over there. Big E is over there. He's their champion. Uh, B, uh, Bianca Belair is over there now. They could put Finn over there and just just – Using my my thought as an example, if it is the fiend coming back for Finn, it they could use this storyline to make Raw more compelling because now you got the you know Finn Balor drafted over there, and now the fiend's back going after him. You know, you know damn well they they needed to use this draft to make Raw better if they're not putting the rosters back together, and the stars that they drafted the Raw plus potentially doing that would make Raw three hours or not more compelling than it has been. Fair enough. I do still hate them uh, specifically separating the New Day from Big E. 
Like it feels lazy to me. You could literally get done what you want to get done with those. You know, if Xavier is going to, we'll we'll probably get into this in the the coming weeks as it comes up. But if Xavier is going to be king of the ring because he's been wanting this his entire career, um, and Big E's going to be the champ. Like, and even if you know that Kofi has nothing to do, you can still keep those three guys together. They have <laughs> even if Kofi podcast. has nothing to do. I mean, you know, he's still a pretty fucking great professional right. wrestler. And what I'm what my point is though is <laughs> what my point is though is that you've got three guys who, through their podcasts, through their promos, through everything, have proven that like. We're not going to do the thing factions always do where one of us turns on the other, you know, right. like we're all here. No, it to should lift be a party. They, the New Day should be a party. And if they have to go through both shows and they all go, then right. do it. You know, like they tried to push that stupid Adam Rose thing with all the party people. <laughs> like, yeah, just have the New Day fire everybody up for five minutes before every show or, or the curtain jerking match. Give us what we want. <laughs> it's not right. that hard. <laughs> and there's three of them so when one gets hurt they're still a two-man tag team what the hell is wrong with your booking well and the thing that they do though and this is another reason why the rosters need to just go away is even with the drafts and the separate rosters they have what do they call it the wild card rule whatever the term is where oh and once a week or once a month or whatever the fucking thing is it doesn't matter none of it matters Someone comes from SmackDown to Raw. I haven't heard them mention that in years. But they just, but it just happens now. It just happened. That's why Big E ended up on Raw to cash in his money in the bank. That's what's so annoying about it is they're so lazy about like at least give them one minute to explain themselves. Right. Right. I just heard today that I get to wrestle and boy, I'm always up for wrestling. I have the scimitar. Thank you. And then he goes (laughs) into the ring. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, no one has a scimitar. Listen, Uh, but they did that with King Corbin. He randomly showed up on Raw to face Drew McIntyre when he was the homeless, you know, phase of his character. And he randomly showed up and faced Drew McIntyre when he was on SmackDown. And it's just like things like that. And when Drew showed up on SmackDown that one time and had to face off with Roman, like they just randomly do it. So then if we're just going to do it, get rid of the fucking rosters. It's bad, lazy storytelling because it would be, you know, like in a horror movie where you kind of set the rules and then you figure out a way to work around said rules to show you something you've never seen before. Like they don't, it. if they bother to set the rules, they immediately make it so the rules don't matter all right well it feels also like an argument backstage in the writing of a few people don't want separate rosters and a few people do because when they were all in on separate rosters way back when after the first couple drafts sure the drafts were a couple years apart and within those two years they did not cross over like you saw john cena only on smackdown every single week well, yeah, they would. They still had monthly pay-per-views, but certain pay-per-views would be SmackDown or Raw exclusive. Exactly. And then when that way, when there was a draft, the it was a bigger deal because this guy has been on SmackDown for two and a half years, and now he's on Raw. Or whenever they did invade or crossover, it was a bigger deal because we haven't seen the you know Triple H and John er, Triple H and Kurt Angle in the same ring in three years because Kurt Angle's been on SmackDown and Triple H has been on Raw it created those moments but now the drafts are what a year apart 
And within that year, they cross over all the damn time. So what's the point? So it feels like you got half the room backstage that wants separate rosters and half the room that's like, no, we need to just have everyone on one show. So they found in their mind a middle ground, which is just stupid. WWE, what's the point? Um, Erica, (laughs) I saw Chad Gable was trending on Twitter today. Do you know what the scoop is with that by any chance? I hate to throw Um, you on the spot. I feel I feel like I saw just some hot goss where people would love to see him in AEW just considering his wrestling style and stuff. Oh yeah. But yeah, like yeah. at the same time, like I I don't I, I just I mean, one you know, as Mr. Valentine has said, you know, that roster is stacked and and there's really not a lot of space. You know, if if they're going to be bringing on any new names doesn't matter if men women doesn't matter uh like they're gonna have to they're gonna have to let people go at some point which blows um but like like that's kind of the nature of the business i suppose um i hope it, well i i think uh, probably most of you saw the hot goss about uh braun Strowman in talks with impact which i think that'd be like cool you go there I do not want to see Braun Strowman in AEW. I think that would be awful. Just awful. Like, just, ugh. No. No. Uh Uh-uh. I don't want it. I don't want it. (laughs) (laughs) One thing I want to throw out there, especially now that, you know, AEW, we were saying it was pretty stacked a few months ago, and now for sure they are. We need to stop thinking that just because WWE has struggled for a minute, and AEW is on a high right now, that it makes sense for every big name to go over to AEW. And I'm not even just saying because the roster is so stacked at this point. Okay, you said this every like every week for the last several weeks. I, here's here's something that okay, I was on a on a, on a web page here, uh, the Lapotle Group, Chuck. That you and I have. Uh, there were many episodes that we used to refer to it quite frequently. Sadly sure. deleted. But um, so this is talk about referring to things week after week. (laughs) Oh shit! (laughs) A friendly conversation. All right, all right. We see who's friendly. uh, A girl. Thank you for that, Team JV. Because I was going somewhere with that, which I haven't Uh, gone. Sorry, Mercury's in retrograde, and I'm totally PMSing, so I can't. I can't be trusted right now. And when she's PMSing, she's on my side. So wild card. Mm -hmm, That's true. Justin (laughs) knows my cycle by now. Boom. um, Alberto Dorito over there posted a lot of talk on twitter about chad gable today my hope is that aew does their own uh their own heart tournament thing like their version of the best of the super juniors and they treat the division the same way they do in japan then gable could come in and run the table there's a lot of great junior heavyweight size wrestlers for him to work there just my thoughts on it and then brandon uh our buddy brandon lipke uh him versus ethan page or ricky starks would be phenomenal book it on uh cool uncle tony and my thought was that you just you could have him show up and every week or every two weeks, it's like a prize fight. And he just work, like eventually you can take a guy and he's the kind of guy because he has that, that athletic cred where you just have him go against whoever. Start with the, the people who don't get ever get into the ring. Right. Like Joey right. Janela is your first mini boss. And he just he always shows up. He puts on a great technical wrestling match for 10 or 15 minutes and he always wins. And then maybe a two or three months down the line he starts to just run into people you know going through backstage segments and when someone's like hey you know what the fuck's your deal you know he just says hey one day i'm gonna come for you too and that's his only storyline he just puts on a great little professional wrestling matches 
gives the young guys uh, a, an opportunity to wrestle a great technical wrestler and wait for him to get over knowing full well that he's going to get over because the whole shorty G thing, he's got this, like he's, he's got this already um, this, this, um, this love for him. That's sort of been percolating as we've been saying, this guy has been wasted more than any other for like a year and a half. Right. Like, so he's got that cred. You don't, you know, he doesn't, you don't even think about when he's going to touch Kenny Omega or Brian Danielson, you know, like you just start him at the bottom and you do the Goldberg thing and you can do it as fast or as slow as you want. Right. And I think that you have your own little um, match that doesn't require a title and you can just tell a long-term story with them putting on great matches. I think because of the way AEW's wins and loss records uh, affect booking, um, yeah. that inevitably if he's going to Goldberg his way, even through the lower card, eventually his win rate is going to be of, of such that he's going to have to face and lose to whoever the champ is to continue right. his run of like, no, nah, I'm just going to, I'm going to have a win over every single person in this roster. And that's my goal. Uh, but I do love that idea. And I feel like that's exactly what they're going to do with Brian Danielson over the next couple of months is like, we brought him in, we hot shot him into a match with Kenny Omega, not for the title, just, because he's Brian Danielson, the American dragon, and he, he wants to face the top guy and he lost it. But now we've seen that he can hang. So the next couple of months are literally how many people does Brian Danielson have to beat before his win loss record becomes such that Kenny Omega now has to put the title on the line and we get a sequel to that match. Right. I- I do want to finish before Shawnee and I will say <laughs> rudely interrupted me. Oh, oh yeah, because, I was like just a hand in the face. It was a yeah, flagrant right foul. It was a flagrant foul. <laughs> like, on thousand percent. I'm glad you're. I you knew know, that I wasn't going to be able to stop the two points, so I just stuck my hand in your face. No, that's fantastic. No, I got it, man. Yeah, I was going for you know the breakaway. It's cool. It was a clear path foul too for your basketball fans. Um, listen, the point I was going to make is not the same as I've made every week. It was actually focusing on the WWE side of things because even with WWE struggling as much as they have, and they have with all the cuts that they have made, we've said it before, WWE is not going anywhere anytime soon. And they still have a big platform, big stages, big stadiums that they will be hosting events at for years and years to come. And that is still a platform that certain guys in wrestling strive to be on and want to be on and with the cuts that they've made you would hope whether it takes the old man passing or whatever it takes hate hate to say anything like that about anyone but we said that too another weekly segment on our show is the vince mcmahon death watch (laughs) (laughs) back to you chuck at least once a week it comes up it's like How's the old man feeling? Ah, oh, he's still healthy and eating freaking burritos. A moment of nah, silence for rack. Dick Togo and VKM. Yeah, right. <laughs> Whatever it takes, you would hope WWE has some form, even if it's not as big as AEW, of an upswing. And superstars want to be part of that upswing. And with the amount of guys that they have cut, there is more room for guys to make a name in WWE right now, which is still technically a bigger stage in AEW. For, oh, sure. Chad Gable, for Chad Gable, as an example, what you're talking about, 
no, I wouldn't want him over in AEW. And if I were him, I wouldn't want to be in AEW because right now there's not a lot going on in the tag team division. So him and Otis could very well be closing in on a title run, which is, has Chad Gable on TV week after week, putting on fantastic matches. And with him being as good as he is, that run will get him in front of the correct eyes. I had a conversation with someone yesterday that was bringing up Seth Rollins against Kenny Omega would be great. He should go to AEW. No, he shouldn't. Because as much as Seth Rollins versus Kenny Omega would be great, as much as any big name in WWE versus any big name in AEW would be great, Seth is on a great fucking run in WWE right now. His character is top-notch. His segment with Edge in Edge's house last Friday, go watch that. Because Seth is fucking good. What, did, what exactly he, did he show up at his house to do? Like what, He what showed did he up at Seth's house and Beth wasn't there, so it was just Seth going through Edge's house and just going room to room to room, going through the fridge, sitting at the table, looking at his daughter's drawings. It was great. Seth he sold was, it. He was calling great. back to Samoa Joe and walking through the house saying, oh, Wendy. Wendy. Yep. This it was is more that. like Richard Ramirez, the Night Stalker. That's just, <laughs> And then Edge the called closet? out for FTR, you know, to go to the house and, and David you know, go and Daniel. Himself. Yes. Yeah, we need to get David and Daniel. And then, <laughs> But these guys are on great runs in WWE. As much as we hate the amount of names that WWE has cut, it has created openings for these guys, the bigger names like Seth Rollins, to go on the best runs of their career, and the smaller names like Chad Gable to find a, a role in the mid-card or in the tag team division. That they, And that's a platform they want to be on, just like Hit Row. Hit Row, when they end up on SmackDown, they're about to have the run of their career. And oh, as absolutely. good as they're going to be on SmackDown and as good as, as it would be to have them over on AEW against certain names, no, I, I would want to stay at WWE, right? Because there's a good amount of people in the industry that want to be a part of WWE getting better. I, I think you, you make a, you make a great, no, you make a great point with that. And I, and I do wonder, and I do understand where you are coming from. And I feel like there are, there are a lot of wrestlers that would love to be like, part of the reason why people came back and, and this, that, and the other, but there's just so much um, just lack of confidence in the tippy top of, of the company. Um, you know, admittedly, I don't know what's going on with Chad Gable right now in, in WWE, but last time I saw him, like it was the whole shorty G bullshit. And as we all know, another, another big thing we talk about, I think more bi-weekly is Vince McMahon is a size queen. He's he doesn't like short people. All right. He never has, and he never will. So it's, it's hard for me even though Chad Gable is so incredibly talented, and I think the four of us all agree to that, yes. I I have I don't have the faith that he will be allowed to rise up accordingly. I just right. I just I just don't because there there have been historic examples where it just like oh this guy's gonna rise and then pfft, no and it it's it's it, it 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 breaks my heart like I don't I don't want it to be this way I want it to be better and it's well, for not. Sure. But even better or not, guys like Chad Gable, and there's a list of guys I can give you, right now, they will get better quality TV time on WWE than they will AEW. I mean, well, I mean, first of all, they should. They literally have more time to fill. 100%. Like, you and, know, and I mean, honestly, less going on. 
Yeah. Right. So that, but, but that for a lot of superstars is a big point as to why I want to be in WWE because I'm going to be at the top of the tag team title run, or I'm going to be at the top of the intercontinental title run. Or if you're a big name, I'm the face of the damn show. And no one else is, you know, that people are coming to watch me in my run. And if I go over to AEW, you know, especially right now, I'm going to get buried. I mean, buried, How long yes, before but- Seth Rollins literally says in an interview, the old man can't live forever. He's getting so disrespectful in this conversation. It's like, he's like, I was going to punch Vince McMahon in the face. If someone hadn't grabbed me, I was going to punch him in the face. Like, and I'm so glad right. he said that, by the way. <laughs> I mean, I am. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, can you blame him? No, of course not. Yeah. We talk about when he's going to die, but like the first off, it's it's got to be super weird in the room, right? Like they have to have their weird carny code for yeah, right. You know, like so, why are you sticking around here to this sinking ship? Well, you know, it's still worth a billion dollars, and right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. No, I, I think you make you make great sense. I, th- I thought it was like a fun uh, a fun little um, you know fantasy booking thing. Uh, more right. than anything else. Oh no, with Strowman. Um, <sighs> so uh, let's go around the room, Erica. I'm going to start with you, then go to Chuck, then let Justin have the last word on it. With Strowman, I still have a bone to pick with him from when he went on Twitter early in pandemic and basically told indie wrestlers to go fuck yeah. themselves. He didn't care if they starved. And now he's coming back with this very feel good. We do it for the love of the game and not for the money. And I'm so blessed to be here. And uh, thank you, EC3. I love you so much. Uh, and I need you now to get me back in the indie scene. I think that uh, Impact is the perfect place because as Chuck said, I don't, I don't, I don't fucking have to watch it. And, um, and also, you know, we've seen uh, Impact be a platform for WWE. I think that... The, the type of person who Justin was just talking about fits Braun Strowman incredibly. I think that the moment that he's valuable to them again, he's someone that they would bring back and rightfully should. I think of the people that they cut, he was the most shocking to me in terms of this is a WWE guy, right? And, and there are those quotes out there, you know, uh, he told Vince McMahon that when he unlaces his boots for Vince McMahon, he's, he's never wrestling again. And, you know, he sort of committed his allegiance to Vince McMahon and then Vince McMahon fired him. You almost wonder if Vince McMahon was like, all right, we're going to see if you make the right choice here, Braun. You know, do you go to AEW or do you do go to Impact where I can sign you again when I when I want you kind of thing? I hate how believable that is. <laughs> I mean, Eric, and Eric, that's, that's I mean, one Chuck makes a really good point about how, like, how, despite being incredibly vindictive and paranoid in, in thinking that that could be a thing that is real. Like, yeah, I mean, if I heard, if, if that did come out and like, that's, that was the circumstance behind it, I wouldn't be shocked. Um, admittedly that like, like I think Braun to impact or Adam or whatever the hell his name is makes a load of sense. I don't, I, I would be shocked if he would be even given the time of day in an AEW locker room, considering those comments, it's it's like that um, that line from uh, Superbad. People don't forget. <laughs> like it's like I'm sorry, people don't forget those things. You say crazy crap on Twitter, that will always come back and bite you on the ass. And it it was at the time incredibly callous of him to say that. And of course, and and like you know he it's he's he was a product of the WWE. He, he didn't, he wasn't an indie guy. 
he came into the system. Didn't he start off actually as like a strongman competitor? Yes. Like that's how he got discovered, quote mm-hmm. unquote. Yep. So like, so he initially, he already doesn't have that weird and like carny, carny instinct in him because he wasn't like in the Indies and shit. Um, I have I just, a feeling though, being a strong man professionally has got to be. It's, it is it's it's probably, carny adjacent. They probably act as though they're very professional and upstanding, but like there's, you know, like if you're going from town to town making not enough money to be the celebrity that you wish you were, you're a carny, right? Like that's, yeah, that could be a man in a business suit on Wall Street. Um, but I guess there's the specific old timey carny where you actually, you know, speak in the, speak in the Kazarni lingo and all that good stuff. Um, maybe it's a different thing, but uh, you know, he's also a guy though, I have to say, as much as I would feel emotionally conflicted, Erica, if he showed up like mid card night one of Wrestle Kingdom as a Gaijin heel, he could make a big impact on somebody. Like, what if he just showed up and squashed the Yano, just beat the I, crap out of him for eight minutes straight? I mean, well, first of all, Yano would totally play it up too. Just. Be- <gasps> <laughs> and just be like running around. Yeah. I feel like that would be partially on Yano for selling it. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, they're they're obviously in Japan. Like there is a strong history in in just these giant gaijin talents. Going, you know, obviously going back to who who's who's one of your favorite Shawnee who would often get name checked. But what 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 um 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 you're not you're not talking about um you're not talking about big uh, big Van Vader are you? perhaps I'm talking about big Van Vader. So, I mean, okay. You know, that, I didn't... that was in Japan when he got his eyeball knocked out of his head. Wasn't it? Yes, sir. Uh, Boy, if you haven't watched that video, maybe don't oh, watch that video. Oh, just don't, <laughs> don't do it. How about that? Follow, follow that up with, uh, is it Lex Luger's leg just falling apart? Oh, when come he comes on. Up Chuck, a second no, rope? No, oh, f- party foul. Completely unnecessary. Yeah, That's an like, awful, awful video. Yeah. Like our son is trying to eat his snack. Let's not say <laughs> something bad. Come on. I, no, I, 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 I say it because I, I do love you. Like I, like I, I, yeah, I, I mean, yes, you are the youngest one. And I, you know, well, it's well, wait, who in AEW um, calls like their third guy, their son, even though he's like five years younger than him. Um, oh. oh, is it the the 2.0 guys? Oh, I, I forgot. I have seen yeah. not nearly enough of the 2.0 work. I don't know why I'm missing it, but apparently it's quite good. Eh? And these are guys They're again, funny where they were able well, to introduce them without NXT. being. Um, yeah. Yeah, and, and and they were only in XT for a short time. They were really quite over in were they in the Indies or Impact? I can't even remember right now. Where was Ever Rise? I think they were Ring of Honor. Yeah, before I uh, think NXT. That's the, I think that's accurate. Whatever. However, they're they're an interesting who, case. Yeah. Of somebody yeah. who was like across both worlds. I want to I want to throw out there real quick uh, a couple of minor gross moments that we're talking about in wrestling that don't get talked enough in the, oh, uh, talked about a lot. Go on. Okay. Right. Um, and if it, honestly, you may not even fully remember this, but go look it up. Rob Van Dam suplexing hardcore Holly through a table. Okay. Oh yeah. That's brutal. Yes. And Holly gets and It sliced Holly's back. And you didn't know until he stood up and it was a perfect slice. And then oh. the blood just all came down at once. Oh. Oh. That makes me and think then, of that was... awful, awful goalie video. Are you familiar with this thing? Yep. Yeah, I know oh, exactly what yeah. you're talking about. Okay. Yep. Yeah. And then there's actually two similar ones. A, Lita on Trish Stratus, the way Lita landed on her face. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, I still hate that. That was oh. one of those, like, I just watched somebody die on national yes, television. I literally this is dead. awful. 
And that was seven-year-old Justin watching that. Yeah. I thought Aww. she was dead. So I'm like, oh my God, Leah just died. And then the other one was uh, Chris Benoit going for a suicide dive and went, oh, shit. Well, that just happened. All right. You know what? Uh, uh, Daniel Garcia is 2.0's son. And, and there you go. I saved it. I saved it, you guys. <laughs> nice job. That's why yes. you're the best, Erica. Mm, Never wrong. Yeah. There you go. Oh boy. Incidentally, possible titles. Uh, okay. Benoit suicide dive. I, okay. Admittedly, I haven't been writing down. I, first of all, I am not writing that one down. I refuse. The only one that I've really been inclined to write down was two words. Google it. Google it. Oh. Which I'm like, how can you? How can you argue with that title? All right, let's let's try to save this, Shawnee. I want to shut up for a minute, and you cut all that. Yeah, you fucking you're taking up the whole episode talking about everything, and now it was my turn next to talk about Braun Goddamn Strowman and Impact Wrestling, my favorite show. Why are you yelled at me. Everyone else was talking about something. I'm just went off on it. Um, Speaking of Braun Strowman, hey Chuck, remember how good he smelled? Yes. He smelled like holy shit. I was mad I never got to meet him. He's a good smelling man. Yeah. Like I was like, I, I almost had like, what are you? I oh, I wanted to ask, like, what are you wearing? I and at the same time, after, be like, I'm married. Sorry. I think after meeting him and jokingly asking him for a hug, he smelled so good that now I want to ask every wrestler I meet for a hug. Do it. Why not? Just the other see. one. The other one I wanted to say real quick was Chris Benoit diving through the ropes and uh, going right into the edge of the announce table. Yeah, that's a rough If you guys one. remember that I on do. SmackDown, yeah, it, it, I, he hit that hard and he had a nasty cut on his back. But the look of it when he hit it was that was bad. It is but, fascinating as you get older that like I remember seeing it live and going like, oh, that looks like it sucks. But as you get older, you cringe a little bit harder every year when you see one of those things happen. You're like, oh, like CM Punk hitting that announce table and it not giving. And you're like, oh, yeah, that's not yeah. good. Enzo, when Enzo bounced his head off of... Oh, the- yeah. Oh, yeah, that was moment. scary. Yeah. Very scary. Did everyone see that he had a tag team match either recently or it's it's in the, the works? Uh, I think he's going to be teaming up either with or against uh, Matt Hardy. Interesting. There's a, there's a whole tag team huh. match in some, you know, I think um, probably New York or, you know, New England did you all Did you all see a couple of weeks ago the independent show Matt Hardy was at and he was in a tag match and he said something about uh, his, his partner was a mystery and he said he went to his family and then they played Jeff Hardy's theme and one of the private party guys came out wearing <laughs> Jeff Hardy like clothes and doing the Jeff Hardy entrance. And it was heel as Fuck. Outstanding, outstanding. What do we feel about Enzo coming back? Do like, do you want to test the waters and see how the fans, you know, is it through the indies the right way for it to happen? I don't uh, know. I I think it's gonna be it's gonna be personal. It's gonna be person to person as far as you know who's who's had enough of him. Who I I definitely fall on the side of uh that was a fun time, but now that I know a little bit more about the person, I'm not at all interested. Mm-hmm. But I also think that, uh, I, you know, people that are like, no, I want to say I want to spell out soft. I want him to do his whole shtick. Like, I get it. It's fun. Whatever the road dog does his shtick, I still think it's fun. I think, I think it's not. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Eric. No, no, it's OK. No, I think we both just went like pause. I'm going to go. No, no. After you, JV. It's fine. Uh, real quick. I just, it's not what he's done. 
necessarily. It's the fact that I have nothing to believe that anything will be better or change. And I, I believe if he were to land in wherever, it wouldn't be long. He would sign to a deal. He would make a debut. It would be fun. And then with, within a few months, he's going to do something to piss someone off. He's going to be off TV. He's going to be suspended again. And then we're just slowly going to get rid of him. And I have no reason to believe that it won't happen again. So, you know, I, so I'm out on him. He's entertaining, but I'm out. I think the only way that it works is if he literally starts from the bottom and moves his way up and, and literally puts in the work and, and just, you know, rebuilds that good grace with people. I think it's, that's the only way it's going to happen. You know, let's face it. Tiny promotions are always looking for names to book. And, you know, I mean, if he's good, if he's, reasonable to work with and he's a great presence backstage and he's not doing some dumbass shit like it's it's not going to happen overnight but like if if he is ever going to make a comeback like it has to be starting from the bottom and just so doing building everything by building in bingo yeah. halls before it tv armory after armory or- yeah yeah like <sighs> he can't just go to a show and just be like well i'm here it's like no no no, no. you did some stuff like he can't be the wild card at the the upcoming ladder match and get no. over. No. Who do we think that's going to be? By the way, since uh, since I'm going to forget otherwise, I thought that was interesting that it was openly stated there would be a. Uh, I had to check to see who is if uh, Bobby Fish was the only one who was actually cut from WWE in the uh, UE, which of course he was. I just am just completely off of my <laughs> off of my yeah. game in terms of these rosters. So How cool no is it though that Bobby Fish is showing up this week? Oh, I love that's it. That's cool. That's awesome. I love that they booked even, if- even before the uh, at the end of the show, and they did it via Twitter, and then and then they they uh, announced it. Uh, didn't they announce it during the the road show? So it all popped on Twitter about ten minutes after. Yep. Um, and I have to say, the first episode of that Roads to the Top show was really good because it showed a lot of backstage stuff, like a lot of that's- gorilla position moments and things. On that's what we're all here to like, see in that show. That was great. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it's weird because they keep promoting it in terms of like, hey, it's we're uh, you know we're sitting in the living room talking about our lives and oh oh we're we're executives but also Cody's friends they're crazy okay you know like no just show us the backstage stuff yep and that's the so so I will say in the first episode for people who thought they you know if you're like I just am, I I'm over Cody I'm not watching this show I think you can watch it and pretty much ignore Cody just understand that it's, <laughs> these are all the things that are happening around Cody and his family. But you get to see like everybody in the the AEW roster, and it's really it's actually quite invaluable and interesting. Um, it would be it would be good if someone would just cut the Cody and Brandy Road stuff out of the episodes and put it on YouTube. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think. I mean, here's roads to the top. None of the roads are in here. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's Where are perfect. The roads? Ah, they're on the top. Whatever. Yeah, I mean, the top. I mean, okay. Going back to the. Sorry, they're at the top. Um, now, every t- now, every time I see an ad, I'm going to hear that in my head. Um, looking at just this ladder match, even, you know, not even factoring the Joker, but just like, look at the look at these guys that they've assembled. They've got uh, Archer, Moxley, Hardy, Andrade, Pack, Orange Cassidy, who like, once again, I know on the surface, everyone's just like, well, what's he going to do? We all know he can go like it's that's oh, he's gonna it's be not amazing a... and the great thing about this is going to be how does he, who does he interface with 
and how it's the right. little moments in this it is not like to me he should not win this match he oh, should no. probably not even be much of a factor in this match but how what are the moments right like mm -hmm. when 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 um when aj styles first showed up in wwe and kevin owens was like i remember you motherfucker those are those moments right and i don't even remember if that paid off or not it probably did but i, I can't remember that far anymore those are the moments though right and i think that's right. what oc is going to be capable of doing here with those i mean because those other first off you listen to those guys and you're like god i hope there are no catastrophic injuries these are all like blue chip names yeah yeah and what is the uh, who, what is the the person who wins this ladder match like? What is the accolades? Uh, I think this? you get a future title match. Isn't that how the because that's what time. Ruby got for the Casino Battle Royal? Yeah, wins a future a world title shot. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like and uh, there's a there's a Southern Wrestling Federation. I was just reading that uh, that it was I can't remember. It's it's got a weird like PWX or something. And I I thought the X was going to stand for Extreme for sure, but it doesn't. Uh, and the whole name is really weird. I can actually uh, pull it up if uh, we take a moment here. Um, Pro Wrestling Xylophone. Pro Wrestling X-Ray. Exotic. Exotic. Pro Wrestling... I don't know any, any X other X-Words. X-Factors. Pro, Pro Wrestling X-Men. X-Men. I mean, it's a good one. Xylophone. Yeah. Xylophones. Z Oh, you can't just pluralize can't just it. Put it a new that's movie. not how Scrabble works. <laughs> Listen, I won Scrabble all the time doing that. Um, oh, I thought I screenshotted it, but I didn't. Yeah, <laughs> so I what does it say? PWX? I don't, it was something that I didn't. This is just bad. This is just right bad. However, however, Premier, Premier Wrestling Experience. Experience, yes. Yes, yes. That, yes. Is, that is it. And I remember nice the only job, thing guys. in their like, the, like in their their elevator pitch was Southern, and uh, it was uh, <laughs> get them dump truck. It was, <laughs> it was the Murder Bird versus um, uh, oh, um, oh my man in the in the cowboy boots. Uh, he's with dump truck. <sighs> oh oh, speaking of cowboy boots, maybe the Joker is pay is Hangman Page. That hey, could be. Oh, that'd yeah. be good. That, that Holy shit. What if it be, what if the excellent. Joker's Minoru Suzuki? I mean, it'd be cool, but I think storyline-wise, right? Storyline, if Paige were to win I'm a in. title shot, like that makes that'd all be the cool. sense, actually. And I think that's probably I think you probably just you just blew up. I did it. I won the podcast today. What do I win? <laughs> we're back to doing a game now the hell yes plot twist this has been plot a game twist. show all oh, along but after uh, he won the match the murder bird threw out a promo that you know hey kenny omega i'm coming after you now it might have just been playing up for the uh yeah. experience fans um <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh, who did he wrestle? JD Drake. It was Murder Bird versus JD Drake Southern. Oh. <laughs> <was> Southern. <laughs> Experience. Um, <laughs> that'd be a fun match. I would actually enjoy that match immensely, especially in what I'm assuming was a bingo halls kind of room, you know, like a couple sure. hundred people. That would be a blast. That'd be a blast. Um, I, I, I'm pretty sure I saw JD Drake face Walter. That was uh Walter did uh, a double dip that night and he also uh, faced Matt Riddle. That was a good that was a good night of wrestling. Speaking of uh like small independent shows, are we going to talk about Suzuki and Danhausen? 
<laughs> I mean, we all you know like, they took a picture and sh- shared it on Instagram, which presumably is back up. <laughs> but how cool yeah. is that? It's just it's just oh, fun to see amazing. like all these yeah these weird how guys is, together. I how love is, how you commented. I love how he's so scary but also wholesome. And then Elizabeth had to just come in with the hand to the face. It was like equally true for both. Yeah, no, that was it. That was by intent. That was the joke. That was Excellent. By, yeah, that was by intent. But really, how amazing. I cannot imagine Mark Calloway being both scary and wholesome. Well, like, no, the- because he's only one of those things. Right. Well, now we're about I mean, to find a big, out. A big cross. So that, you know, that obviously implies wholesomeness. Um, it's like credit. We're about uh, to find out with that new Netflix movie where it's like the the new day in Undertaker's house. Have you yes. seen that shit? Yeah, it's almost like, like a video game. I'm yeah, not playing it's like that. Choose- I'm busy beating up my friends and threatening to sodomize them like the good old days. I'm just uh, that's fantastic. Right. If I was if I was like ten years younger, mm. shut up, no one say it. I would be so in. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. I watched the um, totally. so this is based on that that one the horror one. Um, it was a sort of a. Uh, Bandersnatch. Bandersnatch. Yeah, I say horror, but it was it was almost like a um, like a Twilight Zone kind of yeah. reality shifting thing. Um, much yeah. more cerebral, I'm assuming, than this particular. It will be more fun. I'm you know I'm not you know just a different market, but a similar choose your own adventure style thing. And I'm sure that for the people who are into it, it's going to be awesome. And I'm good yeah. for them. I mean, I'm I'm not going to tear on anybody who you know if that's if you have a blast with it, man, rock on. It's Hopefully just so there's funny. not have you accidentally pressed the wrong button and Goldberg <laughs> almost kills Mark oh, Calloway. No. Oh my god. Okay. Like there's a door so, and they open the new day open the door and you, you just see that crash onto his head and then they just go, oh, close the door and move on. <laughs> okay. So I spent my day at work today listening to wrestling podcast, which I haven't done in a while. So I listened Listen to-, to the pay-per-view pod. Uh, no, I missed that one, unfortunately. Yeah, it's, it's your favorite uh, one, so I'm sure I heard right. I listened to Big E talking to Renee on oral sessions, that. and he had mentioned the fact that when he did his whole big meaty men slap and meet Goldberg spiel, like it was funny and it was kind of a joke, but I mean, now he's kind of in a position where that, that could be a reality, and it's it's very exciting for him. Um, I also oh, listened to the- straight up said, I mean, someone's got to retire him. Might as well be me. I mean, that could have been literally been, it could have been a random off the wall interview with uh, Ellsworth and he could have right. said it. I might as well be me. I would like, you know what? You're a fucking scumbag, but yeah, if you can put an end to this gold thing, <laughs> yeah, whoever. Anybody. but okay so i i also listened to uh cm punk from a week or two ago talking on aew all unrestricted which was fairly cool but the thing that jumped out at me which which is where i'm headed is that cm punk recently talked to uh et canada and they asked him about uh john cena's comedy skills and the quote was i've got it here in front of me is that um you see a guy like dave batista killing it uh dave can do comedy and dave can do drama and Cena has always been a funny guy. A lot of guys at the top level in WWE may not want to admit it, but all we are are theater actors. Yeah. Is the exact quote. I and mean, I was how- like, that's kind of like it's great. It's something we've thought for a long time, but it's great to hear somebody in yeah. the business I mean, say, look like, rock. look, at the end of the day, man, we're we're just putting on theater at the end. Yeah. How many times yeah. have I said Triple H is nothing but a frustrated theater kid? Hell yeah. Yeah. 
Like that's all that it is. They See, were all I look in at Triple H club. as a frustrated professional wrestler stuck in a room with a bunch of theater kids. No, no. I mean, if you okay, it does so, it does like, seem like with his WrestleMania entrances, like he does seem like I don't get it, but you all seem to love it. So, all right, right let's do it. You, you, okay, you're telling me he doesn't have a, a hand in no. coming up with those and really it's, Triple I, H. Triple H, saying he doesn't have a hand. Okay. I'm saying if he had it his way, his mm-hmm. ass would have his music hit. And he would walk down to the ring just mm-hmm. like he did his first few WrestleManias. Okay. And then as he got bigger and bigger, it was Vince and the others that said, no, you need to wear this costume and ride out on this outrageous throne or whatever the hell. His and big old trike. Like, yeah. Or that. His right? big wheel. But I think if he had it his way, <laughs> His original music would hit and his ass would just walk down to the ring, maybe do the spit water and call the fucking and let's wrestle. I think Triple H is stuck in a room with a theater teacher and a bunch of theater kids. See, and I like my reality of Triple H being just a frustrated crew guy who wanted to make it big on the stage. (laughs) Jazz Jazz hands. I, I, that's I my that's my that. personal fantasy. Don't kill that for me, JV. I just can't see it. I, <laughs> I know. I know. Jokes. <laughs> I want to I want to throw out there, too. So last week I brought up how how happy I am that social media created or made send hook a thing. It's so good. It's yes. so great. Like if it, it fits every time it's its own page and everything. My new favorite thing on social media this week that came out of wrestling was Brock Lesnar and Jeff Hardy's backstage segment. If you guys haven't seen this and there's two running jokes with it, either a, because for Erica, I know you didn't watch smack that. I didn't watch whatever Jeff Hardy's getting uh, interviewed by Kayla. And then Brock Lesnar just walks in and basically stares Jeff Hardy off the screen and takes over the interview. But it's funny because he does it in a in a face way instead of his normal Brock Lesnar way. Like he's like at a big shitty grin on his face. Like, hey, Jeff, what's up? And Jeff's just like, I got to go. Yeah. And then I saw Brock showed some personality. It was crazy. But what was great is and what made the jokes were a they were both wearing flannels. So one of the running jokes is Brock just walking up, looking at Jeff saying, give me your flannel. And the (laughs) other joke is it looks like Jeff uh, Brock is Kayla Braxton's boyfriend and Jeff Hardy's hitting on her at a club and Brock Lesnar <laughs> walks up and says, get the hell away from my girlfriend. So those are the running jokes that are coming from that segment and it is fucking great because once people said it, now it looks like it. <laughs> you want a sick uh, a sick bump, get um, pull up Brock Lesnar's first pay-per-view match against the Hardy <laughs> boys and watch them smash him in the face with chairs. It sounds like guns oh, yeah. going off. Yeah. Yeah. That was back before they put their hands up for chair shots. Yeah. No, Brock just takes it right here multiple times. There's a big dent in the chair that's in the shape of Brock Lesnar's skull. Well, it's like when Brock cut open Big Show's uh, arm. Oh, yeah. That was that was nasty, too. That was on. Yeah. He hit him with he hit him with a chair and the pole of the chair caught Big Show in the elbow and his elbow immediately doubled in size. Yeah. Oof. And it was on SmackDown. So yeah, like it was on it was on television. And you're like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. I was All six right. when that happened, Chuck. That's what I figured. So I figured if you were 10 years younger, you'd be a fetus. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. 
All right. So Erica, we know where people can find you. Um, yeah. You yeah, are they award winning. They know. Google it. Justin Valentine, you are on uh, Chuck Bean's favorite podcast. I, I am. Yes, I host it. Coming up soon. And how can people find you? Uh, follow the podcast at PPV underscore pod. To be honest with you, I haven't decided if I want to do an episode for Crown Fucking Jewel. Um, Don't. I don't plan. I honestly don't want to. But the more and more big matches they announce, I'm like, fuck, do I have to? No, I don't know. Take a stand. Yeah, I, I don't think so. I might like just post a quick video about it. Call it that with predictions. I don't know if I want to, you know, serve that uh, pay-per-view or show with an episode, to be honest with you. But find a podcast and Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Chuck, where can people find you? I want to go to different directions. You don't Google me. You ask Jeeves. Johnny Constant. You can find me on Instagram when it's functioning at Shawnee.constant and running the One Fall Show Twitter, where I primarily uh, live tweet uh, Dynamite and uh, argue with Justin Valentine when he says he's excited about things in WWE. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Have fun, be safe, and don't fall in the hole. Erica, how was Philadelphia? It was really awesome, man. I had a lot of fun. I had like the most fun. Your pictures look amazing. It was just, it was a, it was, it was a great time. I, you know, God, there was just so many great moments from the whole thing. So, like, I think, did you like, have if, all, like personal, professional, and then fan based highlights? Um. Okay. So, well, I really don't have like fan based highlights because, like, there was well, actually, like, I landed in on Friday. And SmackDown was in Philly that Friday, but I at that oh, like honestly, if I, if I would have gone to SmackDown, I pro- I probably would have just crashed. Like I was so oh, it'd tired. be so hard because it was a like a, a festival kind of show the next day, right? Yeah, like I had to rest up and like I oh, was yeah, no, running I, around like couldn't crazy. Have, I couldn't be out late. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like like I turned out, in like not knowing streets and you know like there's just a certain stress to getting somewhere in a right. foreign town mm-hmm. that takes it out of you. Right. And, and like, I just, I turned in early. I ordered Wawa and uh, it was great. Like, like that was just a nice, like capper to my friends. Well, what does it Wawa? I don't know. I've only, yeah. What what is Wawa? Okay. All right. So for us Midwesterners, Wawa is basically imagine if 7-Eleven and Coney had a baby and that baby was on steroids is it called what like is that short for something i don't i don't know but like (laughs) w-a-w-a but like they have coffees they have like hot so it's like it's like 7-eleven in japan kind of yeah like like they get everything instead of just yeah like i got like i've i god i i got i ate so much wawa and i'm not ashamed i'm not ashamed I, and, and because I'm like, I'm not going to get this at home. So I'm going to just gorge. And it was great. Um, you know, I had like the one free day where I did like touristy crap. And like I did. I don't know if you guys saw on my Insta, but like probably like the most important personal thing I did there. Um, I scattered some of my brother's ashes at the top of the Rocky steps because oh, cool. he because he was a massive Rocky fan. And like, I didn't know if I was going to take this trip, but then when, once it was finalized, I'm like, Hey mom, Hey dad, 
I, uh, I got an idea. Uh, and uh, like I, I had some of his ashes already in like this little mini urn thing, mm-hmm. which BT dubs. So I go through Detroit's security, like to get onto the plane to go to Philadelphia. Everything was fine. I go through security in Philadelphia to come back home and I get stopped because of like, it's like a little like heart shaped thing. I see them like looking on the x-ray thing and they're like, I could tell they're like, we don't know what this is. We don't know what this is. Then they take my luggage off to the side or my carry on. And I'm like, oh, damn it. Okay. So, and the, the urn was buried in like all of my dirty clothes. And like, some of them were disgusting because I wore them running around a festival all day. Right. Um, fortunately they were wearing gloves. So they, they get this urn out. Well, they get it out and they don't know what it is. And I had to say to the security people, I go, um, that's an urn. And then they looked to be like, what? I go, yeah, it's, it's an urn. And I, I thought I would leave it at that. If they had any other questions, then I would have been like, well, my brother was in it. And then I would have pulled up my social media and be like, see, see, right. I did this. Um, so yeah, that was weird. And like, I, when I told my mom that she's like, oh, that was Steve just fucking with you. And I'm like, <laughs> like that, uh, honestly, that, yeah, out. that does check out. Like I do something nice for my brother. He then like trips and makes me fall like like oh childhood Aww. so so if i were to outlive any of you would you be mad if i took your ashes and put them in an urn and then at the funeral went the urn! Oh, yes! like I would, is, I would that, is that cool mad. I would, I would not, not be, be mad. mad at all you know i, I, would, I wouldn't I, be mad i don't think but my ashes were... would be mad either There'd be a okay, lot of good, confused good, people good, at my good. funeral. Exactly. The confusion <laughs> of people going like, what the hell is this? Like, I think oh, it'd be better yes. if you showed up with an urn full of coffee grounds. And then when you right. the when everyone's looking at you at the height of the moment, you just like dropped it. Oh, <laughs> and, oh <laughs> coffee grounds oh. spill all over the place. I think that's oh, nice. that smells, <laughs> he smells amazing. <laughs> yeah, so that's how you finish the bit and walk out. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> he smells amazing. You, you, <laughs> smells freshly roasted. You would get chalk full of chuck you would get a, a pop from my my brothers and my dad for that oh yeah yeah the rest of my family would be like who the fuck's this guy who invited him did justin know him are we on camera is this being filmed what is this this is very inappropriate your, your only saving grace would be if anyone from the station actually showed up and they yeah. could like they could, you know, testify oh, like, you. Nah, it's, it's, he's it's supposed Chuck. to be here. He does yeah. this. Yeah, yeah. He's okay. We he can't take him out. anywhere. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's good. It's good. Just bring Amy. Amy will explain. Yeah, she'll she'll be as they're carrying me out. All right. So enough of this inappropriate death talk. I, I don't know. This. So when I die, so let's have we, sure we enough. I just said enough of this inappropriate. Well, I mean, it is my fault because I had a, I talked about my brother's ashes. No, that was but, very appropriate. Okay. But then, of course, Chuck had to take it. Oh, way Chuck, off the rails. what the hell, man? Well, she so wait, didn't I, tell you guys this. enough, enough. So wait, right, is, wait, no, I have one more question. Sean. No, one I more. don't please, care. Have we please. all agreed that the name of this episode's going to be the um, suicide dive? Suicide no, oh, absolutely oh, oh, what? not. What? We'll talk about what? talk about what? inappropriate. You oh, are. Has anyone else been only watching Norm Macdonald videos for the last two years? <laughs> listen, listen, I only have one other question. Do we do we think Vince McMahon will outlive everyone in this room? Well, probably. Probably. He's gonna outlive me for sure. Nah, I'm gonna beat the old man. 
<laughs> yeah. That's not even the episode. <laughs> nah, I'm gonna beat the old man. There we go. Well, see, now aren't we glad that Justin asked that question? Absolutely, absolutely. He yelled at me and everything. I came up with the damn show. I was title. just setting it up for the suicide dime line. Um, no, it was it was perfect. Was perfect just, comedy, Sean. I was like, I great to build this shot. Shot. You're dragging me too far past Stop it, and so yep. I have to throw it in there. There's a timing no, issue. Stop making great. me laugh at that. It's so bad. <laughs> I'm gonna start texting uh, him suicide dive just because I know it'll make him giggle. The middle of the day for no reason. Hey, Justin, suicide dive. And that would make me. That's that's horrible. And then then I'll up the ante by getting pictures of that exact suicide dive and sending those instead of just the phrase suicide dive. Listen, you have to. I was. I'm gonna keep throwing my age when shit happened. I was only 11 when that happened. So think of like the terrified thoughts going through my head. I'm sure. A little 11 year old ass, like, wait, he did what? That I mean, means he was, he, that he means that you were nine or ten years old when he suicide dived through the ropes and Chris Jericho just hit him with a chair once again, goes off like a shotgun. It was one of the Royal. No, that was in 01, wasn't it? Uh, it's two thousand yeah. or two thousand one. Yeah. Yeah, I was five. What <laughs> <laughs> <Swear> a <to> god! <laughs> I'm sorry. I was five. So we've literally gone from I was 10 to I was nine to I was eight to I was seven to I was six. This to happened I was in different in years. I'm counting down in different years. That's how that's how life works. Next week we have to cover 99, 98, 97, yeah. 96, 95. So, and listen, then we can get to the whole fetus thing. Chuck, when he's six, yes. you go back 10 years, he's not technically a fetus. <laughs> thank you justin and thank you at home for listening this far into the episode so that justin could explain to you the passage of time <laughs> i'm getting yelled at for the way time works over here speaking of, I passage say, of time how about them lions rebuilding since 57 eh? yeah, <laughs> never stop rebuilding let's get a, t- a t-shirt that says never stop, stop working on yourself and just have the lions logo that says never stop working on yourself oh god <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> Not um, so good on the fronts. Not so good on the fronts. It got manhandled by the by the Chicago. Uh, in the end, it's the fact that you get inside the tent three fucking times. Get some damn points. Well, you kidding well, me? You can't well. get inside the tent three times in one game and get zero points out of that. That's, well. that's, that's, that's apparently you can. <laughs> Kicks, if we kick, if we kick four field goals of the four field goals we should have kicked, we win the game. We lost by 10. There's 12 points right there we left on. Well, it's lines. <sighs> um, more importantly, forget forget about the Lions. Um, never. Are we good with are, <laughs> never. No, are we good for October 24th brunch at my house? My, oh. my house. Let me make sure. House. Yes. I think I already added it to my calendar. Okay. I just wanted October. to confirm because yeah, no, I pretty I much have what time. Um. How about? I mean, time we can kind of decide a little bit later because I'm thinking like, like ten thirty eleven is is fine ish. Okay, you know, well, I'll put eleven a.m. But understand that that may change between now and then. But at least I know, you know, if I got something coming up at five or six, I can just, you know pencil it in. Yeah, I should. Yeah, I should be able to. I'm I put sorry, it in my I, phone. I, I do remember that coming through. I was at a game when that came through. So I oh remember. my god! I first like <laughs> Justin. He put in the. Look what he wrote it as. It's in my it's in my calendar. I can't yes. wait. What it's too it close. It's not a suicide. Well, oh, that's just inappropriate. So, that's that's it's just up. inappropriate. That's fucked up. That is inappropriate. <laughs> Listen. 
This is not what this podcast is about. Okay. We've had, listen, guys, we've had a it's rough a day. It's a friendly conversation. No, we've, listen, we've friendly had a rough day. No, we've had a rough day. We're counting down the days Vince McMahon dies. We're making jokes <laughs> about Chris Benoit. Okay. We need to get our shit together. Okay. Who oh, are we? Boy. If I didn't have Gal's humor, I wouldn't have any humor at all. <laughs> I'm yeah. sorry. What? I miss your, I stepped on your line. What'd you say? I said, if I didn't have Gal's humor, I wouldn't have any humor at all. Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, are we, I, I don't know if the game plan was to bring significant others on a Sunday morning. It may be difficult yeah. for me to do so, but I will be there. Okay. Well, I mean, uh, you know, me is always welcome, of course. And, yeah. and like, you know, there's, I'm going to have ample food. So, you know, obviously I'll send you home with food, you know, yeah, I'll see. I her. mean, sometimes she, she lands Sundays off with Sunday mornings in a Starbucks world. Yeah. Is, it's uh, tough. You know. I know. So we'll see, we'll see. Uh, I'll run it by her and see what her schedule looks like. Um, especially cause we're going to be <clears throat> out of town next week. I'll be here for the show. I'm not missing any uh, Mondays. But um, going to Chicago to see my boys, Twenty One Pilots, next week. So nice. Uh, it nice. looks like an '80s action movie on your T-shirt. This? Yeah, it oh. looks like Lethal Weapon or something is going oh, on yeah. there. This is their old shtick. Now they got the color the colorful shit going on. But yeah, no. So I'll be in Chicago for a few days uh, next week. Nice. And going to the show, smaller venue too. Um, oh. Not a big stadium of five thousand people. Nice. That's that's venue. Be awesome. Um, and w- because Mia's too tiny, I did get floor tickets and I sold those and I landed these VIP box tickets in the front oh. row above the oh, floor. That's, that's going to be awesome. Those are the, wow. great, those are the, the best seats as long as the sound's good in the place. And I yep. assume that they wouldn't play, you know, a place that's going to make them sound like ass. Right. Some bands do. I'm, you know, some but- bands do. Um, so. <laughs> I've seen a few, but there's, they're, they're few and far between. Right. Well, I'm jealous because my brother's, uh, the lead singer of my brother's band was in LA where the uh, 21 pilots was and got guest listed to their show and was hanging out backstage, you know, with them and shit. And my brother just casually told me about it the next day. I'm like, what the fuck? Why was I not there? Bullshit. Sorry. It's okay. Fuck JV's brothers. He older or younger? Yeah. I mean, he'd have He's to older. be older, I'm the baby. Right? Yeah. Of course you are. have to be. I am. I'm the baby. I'm the baby of my entire family, extended family included. So that is why I am the way I am. Mm. I'm the baby everywhere I go. Every job I've had, I've been, I'm the baby. Everything. Like, <laughs> don't laugh at me. Don't kick Bullshit. the baby. <laughs> baby. Don't kick the baby. <laughs> All right, y'all. All right. Have a good night. And podcast. And sing. <laughs> All right. This was All fun. Right.